Hello and welcome to The Flex. It's Matt St. Jean here with Joe Howie coming at you live for this post-game show. The Friars get a come-from-behind victory over Texas Tech. They win this one 72-68. They were down 14 points in the first half. It's just an instant classic at the dunk. Friars are 7-1 and one now. They handed Texas Tech their first loss of the season. Joe, this is just... I'm speechless right now. Wreck em. And that's the podcast. Thank you for joining yep. us. Yeah, we'll see you next time. <laughs> no, I mean, Matt, this was a chaotic game. As you know from off the mic, this was a chaotic night for me, too. I actually reverse commuted into New York City tonight uh, for to entertain some clients at the Rangers game. Um Luckily, I was able to make it home in time to watch some of the second half. But, man, oh, my God, what a game. I, I, I mean, if you tell me Nate Watson is going to put up five points on one from four shooting, I'm going to tell you the team beats the doors off us. No, not tonight, not at all, because you got contributions from Durham, Reeves, and the, the sneaky guy in the shadows, Ed Croswell, with 11 points perfect from the field. What What a game, man. Yeah, and he brought a lot of energy. He had two blocks that were both huge energy plays for this team in the first half. And I want to take you back because there was a point in the first half, like it was kind of, I mean, Texas Tech pretty much from the jump was getting the better of the Friars. It was 11-5 early at one of the timeouts. Next thing you know, you look up, it's 27-13. to Red Raiders are up by 14 points on you in your own building. And at that point, Nate Watson didn't have a point had only taken one shot. The Friars, I think, were 0 for 8 from deep. And at that point, it's like, all right, we talked about the game plan. You either need to get Watson going or you need to hit your threes. One will open up the other. Well, they're not doing either of them. And now you're down 14. So things were not looking good. From that point on, for the, the remainder of the first half and then the first eight minutes of the second half, Providence then went on a 34-12 to 12 run. That's 13 points from Durham in there, five from Croswell, five from Reeves, three from Manaya, three from Watson, a three from Breed in there, and two from Horkler. They were getting it all done, but, I mean, the MVP of this game has to be Al Durham. I mean, just what a performance. This is why you brought a guy like that into this program, and especially, you know, Bynum tonight. Reed starting in his place, but Durham was the guy that stepped up and handled that responsibility to run the offense. Excellent. I don't even know what to say. That was perfectly said, Matt. I think you're absolutely right. Al Durham gets the MVP, the player of the game, whatever you want to call it. 23 points, uh, one miss out of 13 attempts at the stripe. I mean, that's fantastic. And Mm -hmm. again, I talk about this all the time on this podcast, the intangibles Owning your role at the point guard position. Not to knock the kid, this is something David Duke never did. This is something we saw with Kyron Cartwright, Chris Dunn, Bryce Cotton, all the great Providence point guards. You own your role hoisting the reins to the offense. And Al Durham did just that tonight. He knows just when to go into takeover mode and say, okay, I'm putting my head down, I'm driving to the cup. A quick pull up, a quick pull up jump shot. I think it was around the under eight minute mark. My, my brain's fuzzy right now. But it, it was deep in the second half, and it, it, Durham drives, jump stop, quick pull up. It was so smooth, but he just— Oh, that was—I think I know exactly. It was this 
going to his left? Yes. Oh, that shot was so nice. That pull up jumper. He just he knows when to orchestrate the offense. He knows when it's time for him to take to play takeover ball. And, and God damn the free throws. Twelve of thirteen. I think that's the stat of the night. It has to be. And I think there's another stat I'm just noticing looking at the box score here. So coming into this one, the Friars were 19th in the nation in assist to field goal ratio. So on 62% of the field goals the Friars hit, there was an assist. So the short version of that is we're good at passing. We pass ourselves into baskets. Texas Tech has a really good defense. They were not letting that happen tonight. The Friars hit 19 shots, just seven assists. But the Friars were still able to score because this is what Kyron Cartwright did. This is what Lawan Pipkins did. It's what Al Durham did tonight. Shot making, creating your own opportunities, taking over the game when you're needed. And I mean, I think we can both say a lot about the officiating. It left a lot to be desired. Uh, there were a lot of whistles and very little flow to the game. But that's the kind of game it was. They called it both ways. Al Durham took advantage. He put his head down, got to the rim. Yep. And the shots didn't always go in, but it didn't matter. He's getting hacked. You go to the free throw line. He's really good there. And that's I what mean, he did. Talk about a fifth-year guy playing with this knowledge in your back pocket. It's late in the second half. You know the officials are, are blowing the whistle on everything. Why not draw some contact on a Texas Tech team that came prepared to play physical? Draw contact. Get these guys in foul trouble. Get them off the floor. That's exactly what Al Durham did. He put his head down, went to his left, forced guys to touch him, and then look what happens. Raff said it. Bill Raff said it best. He's like, you got to force these guys to get inside your shirt. That's exactly what Durham did. He draws the fouls. He gets to the stripe, makes his free throws. Really, really, really senior leadership things that don't come out in the box score that are so vital to this win. Yeah. And another thing I want to mention, you talk about knowing your role in this offense. The other guy that did it to a T tonight, AJ Reeves. I've been critical of him at points. So I want to sing his praises tonight because he deserves it. He didn't try to do too much, but he played his role. Exactly. Scored 14 points. He hit three threes, hit three of five free throws. You could probably do a little bit better there, but you're not going to be too unhappy with that. And eight rebounds. That I is think such a solid. He led the team in rebounds on a night where you're not getting it from the big guys and you need a perimeter shooter to step up. He's the only guy that hit more than one three pointer for the team. And using that size, going in, getting the rebounds, that's what they envisioned from him. I mean, this is he's fulfilling that role in this offense to the perfect extent. In a game like this, this is where you needed him to step up, and he did. He was crucial to the win. He gets a game ball in my book. I agree, Matt, 100 percent. I I think you're totally right. I'll admit I've been hard on Reeves, too. I I think a majority of the fan base has to look in the mirror and realize that we have been hard on Reeves. And maybe this is it. Maybe he's not going to drop 30 points with seven of nine shooting from three. But if he produces like this, he plays his role. Eight rebounds. He he was too shy of a double-double tonight. That's Mm -hmm. sneaky. And not to mention, I think – There was one sequence where he hits the corner three, right? Back on defense, he tips it away. It it wasn't necessarily a turnover. Texas Tech recovered, but you saw the energy in his defense, and that came from him making the three on offense. He's a huge confidence player. So, again, you just – you need to get his confidence up, and he will produce for you. Yeah, and this is – 
This was a slow starting Providence team tonight. AJ Reeves was maybe the only guy who played with energy from that opening tip. In the first couple minutes of the game, I think at the first media timeout, Providence was one of nine shooting. And AJ Reeves was, I believe, it was either one of four or one of five with four rebounds because he kept missing, but he kept going back up. He was getting offensive rebounds, and the offensive rebounding for the Friars was incredible all game long. So credit there. But Reeves was just, he was a bunny rabbit all around the basket, jumping up, getting the ball, putting it back up. And you know what? It didn't always fall, but you need those energy guys. And he was huge for them in that regard tonight. I mean, it's the, the maturation that we have seen from him was on full display. And I mean, now you're sitting at a point, you're seven and one, you have two wins against big 10 teams and a win against a big 12 team. The big 10 and the big 12 are what? Two best conferences in basketball this year. Yeah, you got to be East? happy with that. Well, I'm saying from the metrics. I think as of right now, Ken Palm has those two conferences as the two best ones. Texas Tech is like a top ten team on Ken Palm right now. That's uh, I believe huge Texas leadership Tech is, from these guys. I believe Texas Tech is nine on Ken Palm right now. So yeah. if um, it has not anything, as as of us recording this, it has not updated to reflect the game. If it does, while we're recording this, we'll give you that new info. It's 11.36 p.m. on December 1st. Just disclaimer. Yeah. But yeah. Um, sometimes the metrics don't tell the whole story. The metrics don't tell the story of the crowd. They don't tell the story of the momentum. Um, I do think that something, a story that can be told by statistics is Ed Croswell tonight. 11 mm-hmm. points, perfect from the field in 22 minutes. You know, I think we, we, we talk a lot about how Nate Watson is the ride or die of this team. And I think that it is unintentionally a slight to Ed Croswell because on a night when Texas Tech obviously game planned for Watson, he was double teamed every time he touched the ball, every time he was on the floor even, Texas Tech's defensive energy changed and it migrated towards the paint. You put Ed Croswell in, they revert back to normal and he's getting open looks down low. I think he played a fantastic role off the bench tonight. Oh my goodness. And you could see, I mean, he was just wiggling his way into spots to get some key offensive rebounds at points. Now, there were points where there'd be three red jerseys around the basket. All of a sudden, well, Croswell has the ball. It's back up and it's in. Yeah, I don't know how what happened. Don't know how he got there. I never even saw him. You just saw his hands reach up and the ball's in the basket. That's why they brought him in. And that's who he was when he was at LaSalle. He dropped weight a little bit. He's a little bit more agile, clearly a lot more confidence this year. If if Ed Croswell is going to be the worst player in your rotation all year long, you're going to be in decent shape. Like we said on the pregame episode, we know we don't know exactly how good this Friars team is yet, but they're definitely in contention for a tournament team, and that was absolutely on display tonight. I agree, and not to mention, you think about it this way. Ed Croswell's probably on the scout defense going up against Nate Watson every single day in practice. So to 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 feed him more, you gotta credit Watson for this too. It's not his night, but you know, he's banging around with Croswell every day in the Ruane Fryer Development Center. So Croswell's gotta steal a couple of Watson's moves, a couple of a couple of things that Watson plays with. You know what I mean? Like Croswell's oh, not, yeah. not Croswell without Nate Watson. So even on a night oh, when yeah. Watson's not playing well, you can credit him for making Croswell as tough and as gritty as he is in the paint. Absolutely. And the other guy who I think is probably mentoring him a little bit, well, Dante Henton. 
you bring him back as a coach, that's a guy who Croswell can mold his game after. Gritty player who's going to go in there and just rebound, do all the little things, and clean up. If there's one thing, I mean, the Friars don't play pretty games. That's never been Ed Cooley's MO. Oh, no. No, they play no, pretty no. games. They play to win. They're going to play hard. They're going to play with effort. They're going to crash the glass. They're going to play defense. Crosswell can do that. And then if he gives you the offensive bonus like he did tonight, cherry on top. Now, now he gets 22 minutes of playing time because of that. He earns more time in the rotation because he plays well. Builds confidence. Also, I, I like when we use Croswell defensively at the four and you keep Nate in the post. I think that's fantastic. I, I love when they did that. You, you, because then it provides you a little more flexibility with your lineup. You can slide Manaya up to the three. You can play checkers with Croswell and, and with Horkler at the four. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think having Croswell as his utility piece is so important for us going forward now. Absolutely. Now, I do. I want to take a step back here because we've talked a lot about the offense. But I want to go back to the other end of the floor because that's what really started this comeback. This Texas Tech scored 27 points in the first like 12 minutes of the game. And they were really like they were ripping off shots. I think they were shooting about 50 percent at that point. That's when Ed Cooley brought out the zone defense and it came to a screeching halt. They forced 18 turnovers from Texas Tech and they were just they were in their heads from that point on. The offense could not operate smoothly. And I mean, you see late in the game. Friars are only up by one. Terrence Shannon, the, the best player on the Red Raiders, comes down and takes an NBA range three. They're not making that decision if the offense has been operating smoothly all night. Honestly, yep. he just hit one the play before. Credit to him because that was an incredible shot. But, but you can't defend that either. No. But there's a reason why you don't try to defend it either. It's for 99% of players, that's not a high quality shot. And you'd rather them take that shot then try to bring it down in your offense. And clearly, Texas Tech, from what they saw for the first 39 minutes of this game, did not feel confident in banging down low, getting the ball in the interior, and getting a shot the old-fashioned way. They could not break this zone. And that's why the Friars pulled within two at the half. And I was still I was optimistic, but only hesitantly so, because I figured, all right, they're going to go back and talk about this at halftime and come out with a plan to, to break the zone. And they didn't have it. They did not know what to do. So Ed Cooley, props to him, pulled a great club out of his bag to use at the right time. And that turned it around. And the defense into offense. You get confidence, you get hot, the building gets in it, and oh boy. Talk, talk about the building, Matt. I cannot wait to be there on Saturday for URI. I cannot wait oh, to be in yeah. the building. Watching the atmosphere on TV tonight was giving me the chills. I can't wait to be there for the in-state rivalry game. Yeah, and you know who else can't wait for us to be there? Who's that? Al Durham tweeted right after the game from the locker room, Friar fans is outstanding tonight. Thank y'all so much. Y'all were electric and helped us get this dub. See y'all this weekend. Oh, baby. Yeah. Yeah. You know who else um, just tweeted as I'm looking right now? Nate Watson. I love when teams think I'm the only threat. I got a whole squad. F-O-H. Go Friars. URI next. You got to love that from him because you know what kind of player that is? That's a selfless player. 
He's happier with a team win than he is with an individual performance, and I just I think that's fantastic. And rightfully so. This is a great team win, and if I was the last man off the bench to walk on, I would be happy to be a part of this win too. Yeah. Joe, you're firing me up right now for Saturday. Whew. If uh, if there's anyone there's anyone that wants to grab a beer with Matt and I on Saturday, definitely do so. We will be at the game. Um, yeah. Just reach out to us on Twitter. We'll be there, and we're all we're there for it. You know. Yeah, got to do this with the fans. This is we're bringing back the in-state rivalry, first time in two years, and it, it's going to be time to beat URI. I'm ready for that again. But yeah, I mean that's that energy in the at the dunk. You could see the students came out with like the cowboy hats and stuff. They had their promotions. They had the Chick Fil A promotion running in the second half. So the crowd was getting into it, which we haven't even talked about free throw shooting. We talked about Al Durham, but the team as a whole, the Friars shot seventy almost seventy four percent from the free throw line, twenty eight of thirty eight. They were at the line early and often. Noah Horkler, four of six from the charity stripe. Alan Breed, four for four. Watson, Nate Watson, three for four. These guys were hitting those shots. They were getting to the line. And meanwhile, Texas Tech, they weren't bad, but they were worse. They were 17 of 24, only 70%. And in a game that only ended up being a four-point game and came down to the wire, free throws and the foul situation with two Texas Tech guys fouling out, two of their starters fouling out, that was huge late. Depth showed up for Providence. Also, did you see when um talking about fouling out when Williams from Texas Tech fouled out after grabbing Manaya's leg and tripping him? Uh, he's like looking was, at the refs like that should have been an intentional foul. It's like like he's shaking his head. What did I do? What you pulled the man's leg while he's running yeah, away with the basketball? That's not a play on the basketball. I think I think there no. was a very legitimate case for that being more than just a regular foul. I understand why the refs didn't go there. Um, no, I, but I, I think there was a case where the other one that made me laugh when McCuller fouled out, that was just hilarious because Durham was trying to, what was that? I think he was trying to go around like a screen or whatever. McCuller comes yeah. flying out of nowhere and just knocks him down. Yeah. And it was like, all right, like, come on. That's obvious. And you're playing with four fouls and you're doing that. Like you're forcing yeah. the ref to make that goal. What are you doing? That's, uh, just, I that's, think- that's sloppy. I think it was obvious just based on the physicality of the game that Texas Tech came into Providence with the mindset like we have to be physical and actually like tough and touchy physical with this team. What I don't think they took into consideration is that, okay, you can play physical with a team that's bigger than you, but it's going to get you into foul trouble. And I think the proof is in the pudding. Look at the players fouled out. Guys were in foul trouble the entire night. Like I just I was was trying to put out a tweet to talk about, like, the foul trouble for both teams late. And I was just hitting the character limit. Like, everybody had at least three fouls that felt like it was crazy. And I think part of that was the officiating. It was all right. I mean, do we want to talk about the offensive foul they called at the end? Because I thought that was the the right call. I think that, that was, was the right call, too. Yeah. And credit Breed. He did a good sell job on it. Not that he needed it. The foul was clear as day. But you got to credit the the sophomore for taking the extra couple of steps there. I think Bill Raftery called that out on the broadcast, too. He said, great Mm -hmm. sell job. But sell job or not, the arm was clearly extended. There was contact. Like, that was a great call. It was timely. And that was the game right there. The second the whistle blew and and the ref signaled that it was going Providence's way, game over. Yeah. And that was one of those, too, where, like, I – 
I think it was the right call, but it's also close. If they didn't call it, I don't think anybody would be that upset over it. But also, you go back, like, in the first half, they called one on Durham off ball for something like that. And they, they were calling that all game long. I don't know if that's how tightly they should be officiating it, but they were consistent. I don't think the refs were good, but they were consistent. And I think the, the thing that this showed, the Friars could adjust. The Friars had depth. The Friars could win in more than one way. The same cannot be said of Texas Tech. And those are all attributes that will make you a better team in conference play and will make you a better team in March. They'll show up in the stat sheet. They'll show up on their resume. That's going to bolster your resume. So... This is, I mean, a huge win for the Friars in a number of ways, both from what it tells us about the team and from what it's going to tell the media and the people who are important in the college basketball world about this team. I I hope, Matt, that not only for the Friars, but for the Big East, that this gives us some national relevancy. I, I mean, enough is enough is enough is enough. We have two Big Ten wins away from home. Now we have a Big 12 win. Like, give us some some freaking credit ESPN like I know Fox College Hoops does a great job you know incorporating the Big East as a major conference and it goes on and on because we have the lucrative contract with Fox and Fox Sports 1 none of these other networks give us any credit even CBS doesn't do a great job of it so I hope that the the other teams playing in the Big East Big 12 battle will will play well and put the Big East name to good use nationally but enough is enough give us credit we have two of the last, what, five national championships? Come on now. Yeah. And to go with that, I think it was John Fanta I saw that tweeted this uh, right after the game. The teams that were picked to finish, I believe it's seven, eight, seventh, eighth, and ninth was Providence, yes. Marquette, and Creighton. Marquette, yeah. Yeah. Combined to be, what, 20 and three so far this season? 21 and three. 21 and three, yeah, because this, uh, the one I'm looking at isn't updated with the Providence win. Yeah, twenty-one and three. Not too shabby, and it's not. This isn't a twenty-one and three where you're just playing Norfolk State and Prairie View A and M either. This is with the full Gavit games in there, and after the neutral site tournaments that teams play over Thanksgiving, like this is super, super impressive for the conference. Uh, I think. Oh my goodness. I think it's very safe to say the conference is in a healthy position right now with conference play creeping up in less than two weeks. I think the conference is in a very healthy place. I think the Friars are in a healthy place. Uh, I mean, 7-1 and one going into the, the URI game is incredible. I think it's going to make for one hell of a basketball environment on Saturday at the dunk, that's for sure. It's the, the biggest little rivalry in all of sports. Oh, yeah. I can not wait as of right now i know we said we would update you if ken palm had changed still no updates there i'm sure the second that we stop recording here and log off they're going to put it up so be sure to check our twitter feeds i'm sure you'll see the updates there but friars now seven and one on the year heading to play uh heading well staying at home to play uri two o'clock this saturday at the dunk will be there we hope you're going to be there we'd love to see you there we will have a preview episode for that it should come out on friday and then we're going to record our post game thoughts on sunday once we get home from everything so that'll be our schedule as we look forward i mean this is the uri team that just beat harvard tonight so keep that in mind this is going to be an intense battle 
I think it's the Friars can ride this high, though. I mean, this is a great bounce back after the Virginia game to beat St. Peter's and beat Texas Tech. And we haven't even mentioned that they did that down Jared Bynum either. Not really. Yeah. We, haven't, we haven't mentioned the effect that that was going to have a guy who's been a, a decent shooter for them this year. Yeah, uh, a decent shooter gives Durham some, some breathing room off the ball. He's a great orchestrator. I, I think that says a lot about Durham's ability to run the point. Um, I think just some some closing thoughts here. Al Durham, MVP player of the game. I think game balls go to Ed Croswell and A.J. Reeves. Um, mm-hmm. and, and listen, when you have the best center in the country and he has an off night and you're still able to win by four, I think that says a lot more about your, your other guys than – than it does about anything else. I, I I think if Watson was on tonight, this would have been a blowout. It sucks that he wasn't, but you know what? Get back in the gym and, and we'll see him again on Saturday. That's all I have to say. Yeah, and that's this is the impact of a guy like Watson. Texas Tech devoted their entire game to taking him away. And they did it. Congrats. Yeah. Well done. Good job. still didn't win the game. You did it. <laughs> Congratulations. He's still the best center in the country. You just yeah. had you just stifled him one night. Yeah. Held him to five points. You still couldn't beat the Friars. That's a really good sign for this Providence team that they have other guys that can step up. I know we were talking about Al Durham. I want to close here with a quote from Texas Tech's head coach, Mark Adams, about him. I just I just saw the same thing on Twitter, Matt. Yep. Quote, if we could make a trade, I'd want to make a trade for him. Not really sure how well that quote's going to be received in the locker room with his own players, but... I, uh, I'd imagine Ed Cooley is very happy that they acquired Al Durham from Indiana this offseason. 23 points, a Providence high for him. 5 of 13 from the field, 12 of 13 from the free throw line. A.J. Reeves, your leading rebounder with 8. Uh, Manaya and Durham both had 2 assists. Those were game highs. Horkler had two steals. That's the game high there. And for blocks, it was Croswell with two big ones. Reeves also had one. Durham also had one. Those are your stats for this one. Friars take the game against Texas Tech, 72-68, to 7-1 this year. They'll play URI on Saturday. We'll be back before that one with a preview, so make sure you're following us. Subscribe here for that one. And while you're here listening to the podcast and it's December, please make sure to check out our pinned tweet. We're doing a charity drive right now for a charity in Rhode Island. So Providence wins help the morale in Providence in Rhode Island, but let's help morale even more by helping out the children of Providence. Help us donate books, so please donate to the charity or at least share if you can. But yeah, that's it for us here. For Joe Howie, I'm Matt St. Jean. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Go Friars. Wreck them.